everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Little Give. Today, we are going to be meeting Coach T. He has an empowering story all about how his dad taught him all the ways to be. He is so wonderful, and he goes off to start a nonprofit and help youth become fantastic human beings. Wait till you hear his story. Coach, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from and what you're all about. Yes, first and foremost, Cindy, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm very honored to be here and always excited to be on to talk about my passion and my mission and my love for kids. My name is Antoine Thompson, or as I'm better known by the kids I work with, Coach T. Uh, I am the founder and executive director of JLT Fieldhouse, a nonprofit coaching and mentoring organization here in the little town of Salisbury, North Carolina. Uh, and I'm also the owner of Coach T's Corner, which is an online mentoring academy that's designed to educate, support, and inspire personal growth and development skills in the teens and preteens of today to better prepare them to be the leaders of tomorrow. Um, I'm also a podcast host. I have a podcast called Developing Tomorrow's Leaders, where I interview educators, um, parents, uh, former athletes and all those that have experience and willingness to also contribute to the next generation of leaders. And most recently, I uh, started a second podcast with a fellow youth empowerment leadership coach, uh, Keith Senzer. We have a podcast called Teen Speak, where we interview middle schoolers, high schoolers and college students, and they come on and share their challenges. But more importantly, they share their strategies that they use to that they've used to overcome those challenges. And all of these things, Cindy, I like to share with everybody. I do and I love doing. And I unfortunately, I have no children of my own. And that's because I feel like I was given a gift to impact more kids. So I look at it as a blessing and not a curse. Absolutely. Wow. That's so much you've got going on there. How did you get started with all of that? Well, it all started actually in 1985, Cindy. I was um, started coaching basketball. It was a 10-year-old, 10 and 11-year-old team. And they were basically leftovers from a team uh, teams that had been handpicked and they weren't picked and they needed more coaches. And they asked me if I wanted to do it. And me being cut from the high school team every year, but still loving the sport of basketball. I said, you know what? I'll do it. And I found out really quickly that I had the ability or I learned that I impacted these kids far beyond just the sport of basketball. And they impacted me more so uh, and more so than just the sport of basketball. And I felt like I had something more to give. And the path started there. But a lot of that all stems back also to my father, um, who actually was not my biological father, but he adopted my older brother and I. When we were really young, about three or four years old. And when he came into our lives, he closed one chapter, but he opened a second, which I feel as though I'm still writing to this day. And it was all of the little things that he did once he came into our lives that have culminated into what I'm doing today. Can you give us a couple examples? Oh, absolutely. One of the things that uh, my father told uh, my brothers and I always, 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 if you ever have the ability to help someone, you do it without hesitation and without any expectation of reward. A lot of people don't understand how powerful that is, but that's something that has really driven me with everything that I've done. And one of the other things that he reminded us of really young, we're playing sports and which I still do now that uh, when I'm coaching is sports are just that they're for fun. And we now live in a, in a society where there's so much uh, pressure put on kids to perform that they're missing out on some of the most important things. And, and one of the best examples I can give you, and I love sharing this, is every time a child competes in any sport, 
there are four components that are always in play. And a lot of people don't think about these four components. Uh, and one of the first is they're always trying to please their parents. And the second is they're trying to please that coach that they're playing for. And then the third component is they're trying to please their teammates. But the most important one is the fourth component, and that is they're trying to please themselves. And when you put all four of those together and you ask a 10, 11, 12 year old, go out and do the best you can, but also please all four of these uh, uh, different parts of, of uh, your sport, it gets totally out of whack. And it's one of the reasons kids lose the love for sport. And that's one of the things that I try to remind them of, that sports is fun, but it's also an opportunity to learn also about themselves, but also about life. Wow. I bet you have some great examples you can share with the audience of kids that you've mentored or helped in this way. Oh, most definitely, Cindy. Thank you for the opportunity to share that because uh, these are stories that I absolutely love sharing because they mean so much. Um, one of the best, my favorite ones to share just happened this past year. Uh, I just finished my 11th year coaching at a private school and we recently uh, completed our fourth consecutive conference championship. And you think, oh, my gosh, coach got this great team and everybody's just on top of everything. Well, one of the ways that I coach is I instill responsibility and accountability in each player uh, for them to hold themselves accountable. And we had a situation where one of our uh, younger players, these are seventh and eighth grade boys, one of our seventh, seventh graders broke one of our team rules. And I knew nothing about it. And the only reason I found out about it, Cindy, was because one of the two of the eighth graders approached me and said, hey, Coach T, we had one of the guys broke one of the rules. You told us not to do this. He did it. And my initial question was, well, what are we going to do about it? And without hesitation, Cindy, they said, make him sit in the bleachers and watch us run. And I'm like, What? And I, I kind of smiled. I'm like, I love that. And I said, I love it so much. I'm going to use that as my punishment. If you guys want to impose any other uh, disciplinary action, you can do that at, after practice. So I asked a young man, I said, did you do X, Y, or Z? And he goes, yes, sir, I did. And I said, well, here's what's going to happen. Make him sit in the bleachers. And I make his teammates run. And I mean, not just up and down, really made them run. And you could see the look on his face of embarrassment, disappointment, and guilt but that's what his teammates wanted him to feel for breaking the team rule. Well, afterwards the team uh, huddled or they got together out to practice and they talked for a couple minutes and they came out and they said, coach T we decided that uh, for our next game, which happened to be our alumni game, this young man would not get to play, nor would he get to dress out with the team. And I'm like, Hey, team decision. If you all agree on it, I'm fine with it. I'll support it. What that does, Cindy, and what I need uh, the listeners to understand is this next generation of, of young people, regardless of their age, they have the capacity, willingness, and the ability to be leaders and to hold themselves accountable, but also to hold their, their peers and their teammates accountable. And that's a story that I love telling because as a coach, it's one that I'm really proud of. Hi, my name is Justin Clark, and I'm the president of the Board of Directors for Driving Single Parents, a 501c3 nonprofit serving the citizens of San Antonio and Bear County, Texas. I'm here today to tell you a little bit about the great work that our organization is doing for the citizens of San Antonio. What you're about to see is just a few photos and videos of the way that we're changing lives for single parents in and around San Antonio, Texas. Our first giveaway took place in April of 2017, just one short month after the formation of our organization. John, a Bear County resident, was the victim of a horrible drunk driver incident. 
He and his daughter survived the crash, and we were so proud to give our first car to this deserving family. Fast forward to 2020, a very difficult year for nonprofits. We were able to secure four vehicles for single parents in need. Our organization, including our board of directors, list of partners, and portfolio of people we've been able to help in San Antonio, continues to grow, and it's all thanks to donors and local community organizations that have helped us along the way. This giveaway took place in 2021 and shows that we continue to help single parents even after the struggles brought about by COVID-19. Because of limited funds and the overwhelming need, we at Driving Single Parents are incredibly selective with the people we help. Some are victims of domestic violence. Others had a spouse pass away tragically or otherwise fell on hard times. These single parents show adversity in the face of challenge and aren't looking for a handout. We offer a hand up and help get them back in the driver's seat. Many of the single parents we help go on to graduate college, get promotions, get married, mentor others, and some have even been so touched by the gift we gave them that they have decided to join our board of directors to pay it forward and ensure the continued growth of our organization. If you would like to help our organization continue to grow and continue to help single parents in need in San Antonio, Texas and Bear County, Texas, we would really appreciate your support. Please visit us online at www.drivingsingleparents.org. Thank you. So like, what is it about your coaching style that would lead them to that uh, decision? One word, empowerment. I empower every player that I train and every player that I coach to take ownership and empower them to make decisions that are best for them be it right, wrong, or indifferent. They must make those decisions because if they don't make them now, they won't be able to make them later. And their parents can't always be there to make those decisions for them. And over time, you can see them taking ownership of that empowerment. And it's one of the greatest things to watch as a coach. That's so true. So do you have other camps and, every, and other things that uh, you um, have open to the public? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, actually, most recently, just in the last few days, we finalized our summer schedule. Uh, Pre-COVID, we had about 250 kids in our year-round program, which consists of one-on-one -on -one lessons, group clinics, summer camps, summer league, and special events. And this year, we are starting our third year with our summer league, which leads to another example, and you're asking about examples, with our summer league, I'm the only adult involved in the summer league. The the kids that are participating are fifth through 10th grade and the coaches for the summer league are the high school students that are participants of JLT Fieldhouse. And it allows them the opportunity to test and build their leadership skills. And I oversee that. And these kids have been in our program for a minimum of three to four years. So they understand what the expectations are because I've been training them on these things for those uh, that amount of time. And this being our third year, I now have more high school kids requesting to help coach than I need, which means that they truly appreciate the opportunity. So I make more opportunities because I'll never tell a child no. I'll make find a way for them to participate. And That's great. Then, and then we also have a second through fourth grade because we work with kids as young as kindergarten and as uh, old as uh, college age students as well. 
That's great. I love that you're um, able to empower them to go on and like be like junior coaches or, you know, help out in other ways to put them in a leadership role so that they can implement all the tools that you've taught them. That's wonderful. Yes. Uh, I like to tell everybody that our mission statement at JLT Fieldhouse is coaching and mentoring the leaders of tomorrow. Well, now we have coaches coaching and mentoring the leaders of tomorrow. So they're literally in the mix of doing the same thing. And for me, I get goosebumps even talking about it because it truly is a passion. And I love to watch the passion that the kids have, not just as leaders coaching, but as the younger kids and how they respond to these teenagers coaching them. They absolutely love it. And it's just, it's, it's a joy to, to watch. Absolutely. So is it pretty empowering for you to know that you had this idea and you started this and it's turned from an idea that was once in your head into this big thing that's impacting all of these lives? <laughs> Honestly, Cindy, no, until my my older brother told me one day, he says, you know, you, you've got to stop some time to look behind you to see how far you've come. And I say that because I don't really look at it that way. I don't look at it like I pat myself on the back. It's never about me. It's not about me. If I'm doing all those things to help the next generation of leaders, why would I make it about me? Because I'll never be able to do that. But what makes me proud and happy is when I see that the kids are being successful and they're utilizing the tools that I'm providing for them and other people as well, not just me, but in my and the environment they're in with me, that they're using those tools and they're applying those and they're seeing the success from it. That's the reward for me. It's not about me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. But, you know, at the same time, it's really great that you're able to show these kids that, look, I did this. You can too. You know, like I came up with an idea that was going to be useful and help people for generations to come. And you can too. I'm just an ordinary person doing these things to help others. Don't you agree? Yep. Oh, I agree 100%. And as you asked the question, Cindy, it really made me think, and, and I'll backtrack a little bit and I'll tell you uh, how it makes me feel. Every day that I go to work and work with these kids, there's one thing that I carry with me every day. And if there's anything that drives me, it's that thing. And that's my father. Uh, because the nonprofit is named in his honor. It's JLT Fieldhouse and it stands for Joe Lewis Thompson. And so that is probably what really drives me because I want him to be proud and know that the things that he taught my brothers and I, we haven't forgotten and we are paying it forward. And I'm paying it forward the best way that I know how, because he's a man that came into a ready-made family and took ownership of it and made it his own family and made us part of his family. And I want to just do the same thing. So if, if anything, I'm really want to say that really drives me, makes me proud is me make, make, hopefully making my father proud. Yeah. And then look, you've stepped in for all these other kids and you've fulfilled that role as, uh, you know, a person they can look up to and learn from just like he did. So now you made your own family as well. Oh, 100 percent. Yes, 100 percent. And you, I think you'll appreciate this, Cindy, because it just happened yesterday. I got a text from a young man that I trained for about two years and he's now a junior at the at North Carolina State University. And he called me, uh, reached out to me and wanted to meet for lunch. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And he lives about 45 minutes away. And the reason he wanted to meet with me is that he was working on a project and he wanted to do the project on uh, JLT Fieldhouse, our nonprofit. And I'm like, wow, really? That's great. Would love to. So we had this great meeting and we go to our favorite uh, restaurant. My wife and I love going. And he texted me yesterday to let me know he got 100 on his project. 
but that his professor also wanted to meet me because he was really impressed with the work that I'm doing. And again, for me, it's he, he's impressed with me, but he's impressed with the organization and how it's run is how I like to look at it. But but that's just another example of, you know, the impact that kids have. And these are this is I haven't seen a young man in three years and he reaches out. So it made that much of an impact on him. Yeah. And won't it, won't it be great one day whenever maybe he has children of his own and he reflects on all the things and all the skills that you taught him and then uses that for his parenting as well. So what a cool oh, thing. Yes. Oh, it, it really is. And, and you're asking about stories. I, I think one that would really bring all of this home. One of the things I neglected to mention was that I wrote a book during the pandemic when our nonprofit was shut down. And that's what, how Coach T's Corner got started was because I wanted to continue my work, but I knew I couldn't do it in the gym with kids and being in group sessions or one on one. But they still needed guidance, leadership and direction. And what better way to do that than to be able to still communicate with them uh, virtually? So when I started writing my book, I said, you know, I really would love to get testimonials from former players so that other people can see the impact that coaches have on young people's lives, not just through sport, but some of the things they teach them, the life lessons that they teach. And the very first testimonial I got, which was basically a book in itself when I started reading it, was from one of those 10 year olds that I mentioned earlier from my very first team that I coached in 1985. And I never knew until I read that testimonial how much of an impact I had made on his life, not just through sport, but just some of the life lessons that I taught, which I didn't even realize I was giving life lessons. I was just doing what I was taught and just paying it forward. But that to me is probably the biggest compliment a coach could ever have is that from the very beginning of your journey, somebody remembers something and they actually can detail and can recite in detail the impact it had on you and the memories that they had from that just those four or five months of their lives. Wow, that is incredible. That is an incredible story. I'm sure when you read that, you were just um, overcome with emotions because how great is it that here you are, you're not even trying to do anything but just pay it forward and it just has it resonated with these kids and and gone so far with them that's so awesome well you were trying to say it i'll say it for you said yes i cried like a baby when i read it <laughs> because it 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 really it touched me that much and i remember the young man like it was uh like yesterday but as you as i share these things with you i know you want me to share stories but there's another one i think that that really kind of brings this home too and i think your listeners will understand how much I love what I do when I when I get to share these stories. But two years ago, I received a message from another former player who said that there was a former player that was trying to get in touch with me and wanted to know if he could share my contact information. I'm like, absolutely. You didn't have to ask that. I'm always welcoming the opportunity to reconnect with former players. Well, it turns out that the young man that was trying to reach me was a young man that I coached when he was a freshman in high school in 1990. And I haven't spoken to him since, obviously, since he was a, a sophomore, because I kept him for two years. It turns out the reason that he wanted to reach out to me was that his uh, now or then 14-year-old son was having issues with his rowing coach. And he started reciting things that I was telling him back in 1990 when I was coaching him. And he wanted to reach back out to let me know how much of an impact I had on him, because now here he is years later sharing the same messages uh, and words of encouragement to his own son that I was share, shared with him in 1990. So again, that's just uh, one of those things that 
really holds true. And he didn't think I remembered who he was, but once I found out who he was and we had scheduled a Zoom call, I went downstairs and I dug through my boxes of old teams. I found a team picture. I made it my Zoom backdrop and I circled his head in it so he knew I knew exactly who he was. And it was just one of the the greatest moments as I have goosebumps now. It's, it's just a great, oh. great moment. That just goes to show how much you care. You know, you really care about each of these kids and really care about the impact you make. And that that is really, really wonderful. Hi, my name is Andrew Fraley. And I believe that sometimes we all need a little bit of help. If you're in the San Antonio community and we need some legal help, call me at 210-725-4658. So what do you think it is specifically about your style that is really just encouraging these kids so much and, and making this huge impact? Two reasons, Cindy. Number one, I'm very approachable and very genuine and very authentic. What you see is what you get. And when kids recognize that you're genuine and authentic, they're more willing to open, be open to you over time and building that rapport with them. And the second one is I'm, I'm non-judgmental. I don't judge these kids regardless of what they're going through. There's a reason that they're standing or sitting across from you is because there's something that they need assistance with. And if you judge what they're doing, they're going to clam up. They're not going to share with you. And for me, whatever I can do, I want to do. And the only way to do that is to build a good relationship and a great rapport with them. And I guess I have this innate ability to be able to even pull from, you know, some of the kids I've worked with, it's taken two or three years to break through, but it's been worth it. And again, an example, and this is one that pulls at the heartstrings every time I tell it, but it's because it's that powerful as a young man that was really socially awkward. I knew him when he was in the sixth grade. He's now a senior in high school, um, but he was going through a lot. He lost two friends. Uh, through a, a car accident. I think one took it, their life, but he was struggling so much, but we communicated, we built a great relationship so much so that on his 15th birthday, he invited my wife and I out for, with his grandparents and his mom for his 15th birthday uh, dinner, which great honor and absolutely accepted that. So we were out having dinner and at some point during the night, he excused himself. And while he was gone, his grandparents and his mom admitted to me that had I not come along and started working with him and coaching him, he wouldn't be here today because he was suicidal prior to entering our program. And I'm like, what? So I had no idea. And he was recently a guest on our Teen Speak podcast. And I broke down in tears just talking about him because he's like a son to me. I love him that much because I've seen what he's gone through, the highs and lows and how much he's overcome and how resilient that he's he's uh, become and it's just uh, a proud moment as a coach but also i'm proud of him for how he's uh, reached such heights wow you must go to bed every night with a full heart just knowing the big impact that you're making uh i go to bed excited cindy because i'm excited about every day i want to make sure i've done better today than i did the day before and i've made a child smile or I've reached somebody and made them feel better because if they feel better, I feel better. That's what makes me drive. And then when I wake up, I'm just finding another way to reach another child or another group of kids and to share a message to let them know that, hey, you know what? There's somebody out there that cares about you for who you are, regardless of what you've been through or what you're going through or what you may be going through. So when that time comes, guess what? Rest assured, you have an outlet, you have a resource, and I want them to openly take advantage of that. Yeah. And sometimes that's what they need. You know, that's all they need is just someone to be genuine, authentic and listen. 
So I'm glad that you make that space available for them. So tell oh, me, yes. whenever you first had the idea to start this nonprofit, what what was your first step? My first step was to decide how I was going to do it because I was trying to decide if it was going to be a for-profit or a non-profit. And ironically, Cindy, I came across, I crossed paths with a gentleman who happened to be the largest philanthropist in our city. And he started the grocery chain food line for listeners that are familiar with the grocery chain uh, food line. But we had lunch one day and I had seven pages of financials and I was telling him, I said, I have this great idea. I think it's going to be great for the kids in the community. And he goes, I like this. He goes, you mind if I take this with me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So two weeks later, we meet back up at a follow up lunch and he hands me over one sheet of paper. And I'm like, well, wait, where are the rest of my papers I gave you? And he goes, no, this is all you need. He consolidated all seven pages into one page, handwritten. And he goes, this is all you need. Three weeks later, a check shows up in the mail. It's from him. He goes, I believe in what you want to do. I hope this helps. And that was a, what we were able to apply for our 501c3 and, and to legally become a nonprofit. And the other big thing was, or not really a big thing, was what was I going to name it? And you know, what was that journey going to be about? People don't know who my dad is. I'm like, what's well, not about my dad? It's about what my dad stood for and what he did for, for my brothers and I. So that's when the name really stuck and I've never doubted it for a moment. Wow. I love that. It's amazing how these people kind of just show up in your life at the right time and can help you with that. You have that inspiration and that thought and you're, you know, like you said, you were tossing up the ideas and be for profit or not for profit. And then you come across this generous person who says, here it is right here. This is what you need to do. And it just yeah. all turned into this huge thing that's been going on for how many years now? This is, we're going into our eighth year and, you know, that's pretty big for a not small nonprofit, but you know, like I said, it's, it's always, it's a lot of work, but if you stay true to why you do it, it's not work. And for me, it's not work. It's all that administrative stuff that I think is work to some people. To me, it's not work because I always look at the end result and I'm willing to jump through whatever hoops I have to to make sure these kids have the things that they need. And as you see, these uh, teams here, we offer uh, sponsorships and this is where fundraising comes in. We have to have fundraising so that we can get as many kids in our program as we possibly can. Uh, the coaches for the summer camps are kids. The kids are, uh, the participants are kids. And you know, my wife is a big uh, supporter, our board of directors that really help with our camps. But it is just truly a, a blessing to get the opportunity to impact kids. And more importantly, they want to be a part of it. Absolutely. So whenever you, you, you did the nonprofit, now you've been doing that eight years strong. And now you mentioned you have a podcast, two podcasts. How did yes. you end up in that? And what, what got you the inspiration to want to start your own podcast and then the co-podcast you're working with? Yeah. Well, when I realized when I started Coach T's Corner, I knew that I'd have to network to build not only my brand, but it was also an opportunity for me to become a better coach because I felt like if I'm bringing on people that have the same passion as I do, there's going to be something that they offer that's going to help me and possibly something that I do that would help them. So when I started this list, I was like, well, I'm going to start with my network of people that I've been working with on and on. That would make it easy. And as I've gone, I've had some guests on Cindy um, Howard Berg, who is the Guinness World Book of Records fastest world's fastest reader. And this guy taught me so much in an hour. And I'm saying to myself, these are the kind of people I need to meet. And I had uh, Michael Jordan's uh, teammate on the 1980, 1982 National Championship 
championship uh, basketball team at North Carolina, Matt Doherty on. And I'm really excited. Uh, I'm probably going to, or actually later this year, we're going to have Muhammad Ali's daughter, older daughter on the podcast as well. So it's all about networking and also getting more people in front that have the passion and love for young people and want to see them success, be successful. But it's also an opportunity to showcase other businesses that do the same things that I do. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's great. And you're right. You know, the networking and the talking with people and that, you know, the nonprofit's wonderful and you get inspired by so many of those stories, but it's kind of neat to get to talk to all the people around the world who also have great things going on. And that's kind of what we do here at The Little Give. And it's something that I really enjoy. Who has yeah. been the coolest person that you've met so far that really inspired you? I actually got to meet my idol. Um, my idol, believe it or not, coaching idol, I should say, was uh, the legendary coach at the University of North Carolina, Dean Smith. And uh, I actually emulate my coaching style as his. He's always about the players. He's developing men, not basketball players. They just have to be basketball players. He's going to make men. So that's always been my approach. And ironically, I had the pleasure of coaching his grandson my first two years coaching here. So I got to meet him one summer when I was uh, working at basketball camp at the University of North Carolina. And you would have thought I was like a kid in a candy store when I saw him. My palms got sweaty and I'm like, oh, my God, this is my my idol. And and he was just such a gentleman. He was exactly what I thought he was. They always say never meet your heroes. I'm glad I met my hero because he was an amazing, amazing man. That's wonderful. I'm glad you got that opportunity. So one yes. of the things that I like to do on the show is to ask, um, can you give our audience an example of a little thing they can do in their community that might be something small on their part, but make a huge impact on the other end? Whew, the timing is perfect for this one. I think one of the things that everybody can do, because I actually go out of my way now to do it because it, to me it's fun. We're now living in a society where everybody's a lot of people are afraid to communicate with each other because they don't they're so we're so divided. You're like you don't know what you can say to anybody. Well, that's what's prevent that's what's keeping us divided. So for me, the little thing that you can do when you go to a grocery store, you go to an apartment store, you just pass somebody, say hello with bright eyes, with a smile, and you will be amazed at the response you get. I purposely do it and I know I've made somebody's day better because they made my day, my day better just by their response. That's a little thing that can go a long way because somebody could be having a bad day and you could have changed that just by saying hello with a big smile. That's a great one. Just acknowledging that someone's there and letting me know like, hello, I see you. You know, that that can really make a big impact. I like that one. Absolutely. So is there um, a, an incident in your life where um, someone gave you a little give that might have been something little on their end, but it turned out to be a big impact to you? Um, I'm not probably going to have to go with my coach, my coaching mentor, and that is uh, Coach Mike Sutton. And the reason I say Mike uh, Sutton, he's the one that offered me the position as a freshman and junior varsity coach, basketball coach at Meadowbrook High School in 1989, actually. That opportunity, it really afforded me to, uh, the opportunity to continue coaching, but also led me to where I am today. And he and I still are communication. Uh, we live an hour from each other. He's now retired from coaching. Um, but he provided a little opportunity that I made the most of. And I was always taught when somebody gives you an opportunity, my dad and my mom said, you got an opportunity, you make the most of it because you never know where that opportunity is going to lead you. And the opportunity Coach Sutton gave me led me to you and I having this conversation today. That's incredible. Wonderful. So uh, obviously our audience already knows about your nonprofit. Do you want to tell them how they can get in touch with you and how they can go ahead and make donations to keep your program going? 
Yes, thank you so much for that opportunity, Cindy. Our nonprofit uh, website is jltfieldhouse.org, and there's a, uh, a link on our website where you can contribute. You can donate one time, or you can actually um, make monthly donations, annual donations, uh, corporate donations as well. And I really want to share what these donations afford us the opportunity to do. We live in a community where we have a low come, low income area, and there are a lot of financial, a lot of families that are struggling financially. Obviously, post COVID, but even before, and their kids are are deserving of the same opportunity that other kids are, but they can't, and in some cases, they won't ask. But if we have the funds, we're able to go and say, hey, listen, this is what we have. Scholarship opportunities come be a part of it. Last year, we're able to add 20 more kids to our program. This year, we want to double that number, if not triple it. And we live in a society now where I like to say the call to action is if we truly care about kids and we want them to have a better future, now is the time to make a difference and make your opportunity. And every little bit helps. It could be a dollar. I care less. A dollar a month goes a long way in providing something. You provide us a private lesson, a clinic for a kid, a summer league opportunity, a summer camp. You'd be amazed at what these kids uh, get out of just being in a gym for an hour, two hours a week. Wow, that's incredible. So I'm I'm impressed. 20 kids. That's wonderful. And you expect to go to 40. That's insane. Oh, Oh, absolutely. And I think, Cindy, if I could be honest with you, one of the reasons I say that, the conversation, one of the reasons kids come back to say, Coach T, you know what makes you different? You don't just teach, you don't just coach basketball, you teach us how to play basketball. And they said, you're teaching us how to play basketball, but you're teaching us how to communicate. You're teaching us about accountability. You're teaching us about discipline. And we realized that that's going to help us later in life to be responsible, to be disciplined and to be responsible. I'm like, yeah, so you put two and two together and got 14. Good job. So that's what the kids realize and the parents realize it. And parents keep bringing their kids back and they admit it to me. They say, we don't bring them because of basketball. We bring them back to you because we see their confidence rising and self-esteem improving every time they're with you because you invite, you invite them in and you have a loving environment. Yeah, you're tough on them when you have to be, but they appreciate that tough love. Right. That's fantastic. I, I really, really love what you're doing. I think that it's inspiring. It's helpful. And that's what young people need today. They need someone that can stand their ground, like you said, and and make things happen when they need to happen. But then also be that shoulder to lean on and be that person that they can confide in and also be nonjudgmental and listen. Um, so I, I think it's fantastic that there's a safe place like this for kids out there. So I would certainly encourage our audience, anyone out there who wants to donate maybe a dollar, five dollars, any little gift can make a big difference in a small nonprofit. And I have no doubt that this these funds would go to a fantastic cause. Thank Absolutely. you so much for being on today, Coach. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we go? Yes, I'd like to share three things with them. And it's really the staple for Coach T's Corner. Whatever you're doing in life, you need to remember three things that are over top of my head. The sea of success, simplicity, effort, and attitude. Life is already complicated enough. Keep it simple. And regardless of whatever you're going after, whatever you want to achieve, put forth the maximum effort. Because if you don't put forth the effort, you don't get the reward. And number three, the attitude. More important than uh, effort and simplicity. Your attitude will always keep you focused and on putting forth the effort. Your attitude will always keep you focused on that simple goal. But more importantly, a positive attitude won't solve all your problems, but it will annoy enough people to make it worth the effort. 
What fantastic words of guidance. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I've really appreciated your time and you've shared an amazing message with our audience today. And that's what it's all about. So thank you so much. Well, and thank you, Cindy. I really appreciate the opportunity. This has been great. And I love the name of your show because it does mean a lot. And it, I think everything I talked about kind of relates to that as well. So I really do appreciate it very much. Thank you all so much for watching this episode of The Little Give. I really enjoyed Coach T's story, all about how his dad inspired him to keep giving and helping others. I love how he took that and turned it into a nonprofit to help these youth. I think it's amazing that he plans to help 40 underprivileged youth go to these camps and do the different things that they can to help empower them and raise great people. I think his message stems for generations. I love how his impact on a small child turned into his impact onto an adolescent and then onto an adult and then that person's impact on their child and then that child's impact on another person and how that just keeps going and going. And I love how all of the things he are doing inspire him so much that it really comes out in his voice and as he's telling us this, the wonderful success stories that he's experienced over time. I just really enjoyed it and I hope you did too. If you want to know more about Coach T or donate to his nonprofit, even if it's a dollar or five dollars, that can make a big impact to a nonprofit of that size. So please do visit our website at littlegive.com. You can find all of his information there. And if you'd like to be a guest on our show or you have suggestions for our show, please also visit us at littlegive.com. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time.